series. We're in our series, um, and let's turn to Romans eight fifteen through seventeen. Let's get in our Bibles. If you don't have a Bible, let's sit next to somebody who got one. And if you don't have somebody that's sitting next to you, that's all right. We're going to read it aloud. We're going to read it aloud. If I can give me one good reader, if I can get a microphone to that reader. Mr. Beverly, you mind being my reader for that? Normally we ask Ms. Kelly, Ms. Kelly not here. So we're going to ask Ms. Beverly to be that person. Now I just put on the spot, I didn't plan it on out with her. I appreciate Ms. Beverly being that on spot reader. Thank you, Ms. Beverly. We're going to come out. Good to see you, sister. Uh, Romans chapter 8, 15 through 17. And we're in our series, What Do You Call Him? Talking about God. Romans 8, 15 through 17. Please read. Okay. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Amen. Amen. Come on. Come on. Amen. Um, so, so we come in and we're talking about uh, fathers and, and, and what do we call God? Uh, what, what I do behind the scenes with my praise and worship team, I send them a, a calendar months ahead of what we're going to be preaching on. Now, and as they can tell today, pastor be changing stuff, but the heart of it is still here. And the what I told them is going to be covered today, but they get to see kind of the flavor of where we're going to be going. So we had a whole series at first called The Names of God. But really I wanted, wanted to hone in, what do you call God? Last week we talked about just the whole name of Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Boom. But I wanted to hone in, we all know Jehovah Jireh, my provider. We, we own that provider. But that second part, we do call him Father. Many of us, especially us, who are African Americans, it's two-sided. Many of us who are males are in our first generation where males, black males, have no stigma of slavery, Jim Crow, and so forth. Right now, we are learning somewhat how to be a father, how to be a man. In slavery, men, when you were married to your wife, the master could come in and do whatever to your wife, and you dare not say anything, or you're going to be killed. Fast forward past slavery, that's 1865, we're done. Now we're talking about Jim Crow, same uh, analogy. And if you, and they kill you, you they're not going to jail. Nothing's going to happen to them. And so, uh, for some of y'all who might have seen a butler, that was reality. That many of my, my people who are light-skinned, you're not light-skinned for uh, just uh, some just, just out-of-the-world reason. There's some things that happened in the past that brought your flavor who you are today. Don't mean we don't have purpose, don't mean not special, don't mean you're not just wonderful, but it's some things that happened in our past. That when we look at one another and we see some of the things that we don't like, you know, when we talk about the perms and all that stuff, some of the things that we don't like in ourselves goes all the way back there, right? 
Because we had, we were at a point where we could not be fathers as black men. Now flip to on the other side. Now if you can't be a father, how is it hard is it to be a husband? How is it hard to be just a brother when you see your sister going through? And then your sister who is looking for protection cannot get protection because she knows if you protect me, you will be killed and the same thing will happen anyway. So we can happen. So we at a perilous state. But God said this, I'm still a father. We may go through some situations and some mess, but I'm still a father. I'm still with you. And that's why I want to hone in special for us. Us as African Americans have 70%. 70% of households don't have a daddy in it. But I want you to know, especially my children, and that's why I want to really hone in on my kids. Because this is the thing. You do have a daddy. And he is God Almighty. He is a, a God that will never lose his job. He is a God that no one can give him a pink slip. Because he is the originator. He is the creator. He is the initiator. He is God Almighty. So we got to get into, if he's my father, he says, you know what? You have been adopted. And this is why I want us to break it down. Can we about to get into our first point. If I'm adopted, unlike my children, I love them to death. But I might not have planned when I was doing my activities to have them. All right? I'm trying. I got I ain't children church today, so I'm trying to bring it as, as soft as I can. Y'all follow. All right. But when you are adopting, you have an intentional activity that you're adopting. I have an intentional that I'm trying to adopt. When you, when many of us, if we would tell our story of how our kids got here, Lord, it wasn't, <laughs> that was not the intent. Amen? Amen. <laughs> and not that you don't love your children, but that was not the intent to get them here. Amen? But what God did, he said, I had an intention for you. That's deeper than what we do. I had an attention, and then I want to adopt him. I had already a begotten son. I already had my stuff set up. But I wanted some folks that didn't love me, but I wanted them. And the only way I could get them was have my son, what? Die for them so they could be adopted into my family. And then with that adoption, they become heirs. Well, if, if God is a father, what should a father look like? Well, a father should be a shepherd. When we look at uh, Psalms 23.1, God is Jehovah Raha. The Lord is my shepherd. When you read Psalm 23, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now I want y'all to understand, sheep are some dumb animals. When you got, if we had a sheep in here, they'd be all into all kind of stuff. Some dumb animals. Now, we, David, by God's inspiration, is comparing us to some sheep. Now let me ask you something. Do you do some dumb stuff? Some real dumb stuff, Right? Like some of us who are trying to, to lose it. It's dumb for me to go stop at the McDonald's and think I ain't going to get that double cheeseburger. I'm going to have to move on. I ain't going to get no salad from McDonald's. That's crazy. I'm not. I'm just telling you, I'm not. I'm not getting a Diet Coke either. And if I'm in South Dallas, I'm getting a strawberry soda. A large, easy ice, $1. So that would be dumb for me to go by McDonald's. Isn't that some dumb stuff we do? So 
so I know we don't like the comparison, but when we look at something, and I know some of our wives in here and some of the girlfriends in here and some of the sisters and mothers can see some of us, man, we do some dumb stuff. Now, why did you buy that again? Well, I have a dream right here. We're going to put a TV. But you don't have a TV, but you got the speakers. Why you got speakers but no TV? I, I, it was on the, it was, it was, it was going to work out. Well, that might have been dumb. But that's how the, that's the kind of thing that we go through. We are sheep. But this is the thing. A sheep is as good as a shepherd. A sheep is as good as a shepherd. If you have a shepherd that's lazy, that does not want to do anything, them sheep are going to be, what, malnourished and starving. The one thing that I see Sister Daniels do uh, every time after church and after Bible study, I see her out there with her dog. Her dog, very happy dog. Dog's out there playing. She's walking the dog. Dog is doing his business. Now, if Sister Daniels was a poor owner, was a poor master, her dog would be locked up. This is not no dog that looks malnourished like I need to call CPS, not CPS, uh, the animal services or anything. That dog looks like it's well taken care of. It's well groomed. It's well fed. It is happy. What, what, what am I saying about us? God is our shepherd. He is taking care of us in the midst of our struggle. God is taking care of our needs. That's why David says, I shall not want. What do you really want? Want from God. The, the truth. I mean, be honest with yourself. If you're saying, I really need this, Lord. If I don't have this, I, I'm not going to make it. What do you need that God is not giving to you? When you look at Philippians 4.19, it says, the Lord supplies, let me move this up. Does that help? Does that help a little bit, Shannon? Oh, okay, thank you. The, the Lord supplies our needs. As Paul told the Philippians, and my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. We have a God that's supplying all our needs. If you were looking back at what you need and what you want, the things that some of us have wanted some, some stuff that wasn't right. Amen? Some of us have wanted some relationships that weren't going to make us anything. Uh, I, I, I sometimes tell the story about a relationship that I had previous to Kelly that I, I was all in love with. I thought I was going to marry the young lady. I, when talking with her uh, in, uh, in the not-so-past, uh, you know, we time has split. My way, her way. I have found out that she had already filed for bankruptcy. I said, you filed for bankruptcy? And she said, yes. I'm like, but at what age? 24, 24. And what, what am I saying? She had made so many bad decisions that it affected her and her child. Then she had a child, too. Now, I'm not in that situation. What does that mean? We can want some things and want some people, but those wantings can get us in some trouble. There's some folks right now that you want a particular man, but you don't know that this man got felony out there. This felony going to affect your whole house. You don't know what kind of crew he working with. He might be working with a crew that what? Can shoot up your house. You might be dealing with a lady that when every time you go somewhere, you got to be some dude looking at you. Why? Because she didn't date that dude up in the building. You don't know, but you wanted her. You wanted her. I could, I could go around and say, well, I want Mariah Carey, but some stuff come with Mariah Carey, amen? <laughs> Nick Cannon know about that. 
You know, you, it, so that's what I'm trying to say. The thing that we want, we have to uh, understand, it comes with sometimes consequences. Sometimes we want to be rich and famous. But when your, your privacy is taken away, and then what? Just like our football players, half of them go bankrupt or more than half bankrupt after they end their career. Because they have wanted, wanted all the fame and glory. It's nothing wrong being rich, but did you need that? God is preparing you for the thing that you need. Many times we make choices into what we want. Young lady, and I'm moving on, a young lady who I was trying to get her some help painting her house. And I said, ma'am, let us do a budget. Can't we just do a budget? She said, I make $1,500, but my bills are $3,000. I said, ma'am, last month, you said you, you had to get you a new car. Yes, because I didn't want to take the bus anymore. But you still are paying the bus people. Yes, $80. Now, how much is your car? My car monthly is $500. Now, what kind of car did she get? It was, a, it was a car I barely could fit my big toe in. And they had got it for $500. What am I saying? What I'm saying is she had wanted something, but this is what she was. Now, can God bless you out of your mess? This is, this is the best thing about God. See, a shepherd does not just take care of the sheep who are grazing and roaming nicely. The shepherd actually is taking it and keeping an eye on the foolish ones. The ones that really always get in trouble. The ones that always want to run across the gate. The ones that want to go always on the other side of the field. He always going to be looking out for them. So I'm in my mess. I'm in my 1500 revenue, but I got the $3,000 bill. And God says, I'm going to bless you in your mess. I'm going to bless you in your mess. Now, do I want you to stay in your mess? That's the thing. God is not saying, now stay in your mess. I'm not trying to encourage you to stay in the mess, but I'm trying to encourage you to focus on me. When you focus on God, you're going to let some things that you so-called want go. Because you know that's not going to bless your spiritual life. You're going to have to let some things go. So God, this, this Jehovah Roha, he is my shepherd. He is a guide, a protector. This, this, this shepherd is someone that's taking care of my daily needs. God is my shepherd. So then we go into the next point. Jehovah Shammah. And this, this was a hard image to find. Because I can find the shepherd, I can find Jehovah Jireh. When we start getting deep into the names of God, his attributes, people say, well, Jehovah Shammah, uh, Shama, what does that really mean? The Lord is present. Why is that even important? Why is that important? Let me ask you, if you were in a hospital, would you want somebody who didn't know what they're doing practicing on you? What do you want present? You want a what? You want a doctor present, amen? If you were about to go to jail, if the police pull you over, you would, not, you would like to have a lawyer right next to you, wouldn't you? Hold on, hold on, you got to talk to my lawyer. Do you know the police can't even talk to you if you say, uh, I'm not answering more questions, I want to talk to my lawyer. They cannot ask you not one more question. If they do, they violate your rights. They have to shut down the questioning. That's when they get real upset. They want to throw the table, do all that stuff. Because now they know they can't answer, ask any more questions. That's also why the stuff is videotaped. To see how much they're going to abuse your rights. So you would like to have a lawyer present when you are in the midst of some trouble, right? If, if you were cooking something, you didn't know how to cook. Would you like to have Bobby Flay next to you? Telling you how to, how to flip the burger right. Uh, or... or well, we ain't gonna say Paula Dean or, or or somebody else.
that can cook throw down. We like that. We like somebody who has the expertise in your situation. Now understand this is what God does. God says, I'm an expert in all the things you're going through. You want a lawyer? I, I want some legal battles. Uh, I send my son to be an advocate for you. you. You want someone that's a healer? I am a doctor in the midnight hour. I have healed before and I can heal again. You want someone that can be a counselor? I'm someone that has a listening ear. I, I don't slumber or sleep. I'm not uh, uh, going down and sleeping. Do you want that? So God himself is present. It's important that God Jehovah Shammah is present. You want Jehovah Shammah to be present. Now, when you go into Ezekiel, when it's writing here that God is going to be a part of his people again, that this is going to be God's city, that God is going to be here, that God is going to be here. God is personally and powerfully present in all of our problems at all times and all places. It does not matter where you go, God is going to be there with you. It does not matter if you went to the club last night or you went to the juke joint the other night. It does not matter if you go to the liquor store right after church or you at the crack house. God said, I'm going to be there with you in the midst of your struggle. It doesn't matter if you're in the midst of this fool trying to hit you in your head. God said, I'm here right now at this very moment. I am here. I am with you in a powerful way. Way. Sometimes you say, well, I'm still feeling the blows. I'm still getting knocked down. Do you not understand? It's God himself who is lifting you up. You don't understand why sometimes we got to go through these, these times in our life where we say, well, if God is present, why do I keep having to go through? Well, when we get to John 15, 2, it says, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be more fruitful. Now, what is God saying? I got to prune you. I got to take some stuff so you can grow some more. Those that grew some good fro's. Now I know Sister Beverly told me she grew a grip fro back in the day. Anybody else grow a good fro back in the day? You had to what? You had to edge that up a little bit, right? You just didn't grow it and that was it, right? You had to cut a little bit, then it'll grow some more. Cut a little bit, grow some more. Cut a little bit, grow some more. You had to grow that. Sometimes you had to corn roll it back, right? You say you're going to stretch it a little bit, right? God is trying to cut us so we can grow some more. God is trying to stretch us so we can grow some more. If in the practical world, your afro is going to grow like that, understand your spiritual life is going to grow like that too. God's going to let you go through some things to let you grow in some things. God's got to allow you to face some hard times so that you can understand that God wants you to grow. Now this is hard. Because what we sometimes want from God, we want God to be just like a, a, a father, almost like Bill Cosby. Where he, he, don't, he ain't going to whoop me. He might fuss a little bit. It'll be all right. Now for a hot minute, I thought that's how I want to be a dad. Now sometimes you want Bill Cosby, but sometimes you want James Evans. Because James Evans ain't playing. If he mad enough, he going to pick up that chair and throw it against the wall. Now, I ain't saying go there either. Because that's how to get the police called to the house. Amen? So don't do all that. But I'm saying there's some median right there. You Sometimes I can't be my child's friend. And, and most times, it's hard to be, well, I'm just her friend. I want her to trust me. That's a wonderful thing. But I got to be a disciplinarian too. Because I understand, understand. There's some friends, they can't tell me some stuff. I'm like, you just my friend. You been gone. But I ain't going to say the same to my mom and daddy. I ain't going to say, shut your mouth. I, to this day, I wish I would. 
To this day, I'm, I'm a little leery. Could that hand raise up and get me? On either one of them. <laughs> so the same thing. Yes, God is our counselor. Yes, God is a friend. And I'm a friend of God. But God is a father. He's going to prune us. He also is going to refine us. Isaiah 48.10 says, See, I have refined you, though not as silver. I have tested you in a furnace of affliction. When you are going through, God is trying to refine you. I always use the analogy of diamonds are originally cold. The, the stuff that you cook your own barbecue with, there's diamonds in there. Now, to make that diamond, though, it had to go through so much pressure and so much heat from, to make that coal into a diamond. It has to go through so much that it, it's not actually, you can't make a man-made diamond to my knowledge. It has to go through this natural process that is uh, thousands of years old. And so that coal that was originally that dirty, black, if you put it on anything, on to get you dirty everywhere else. Cold, when you put that pressure on it, you put that pressure on it, what, becomes, what starts to happen? It starts to become a diamond. That cold that you could have cut into, at the end of this process, can cut you back. At the end of this process, it's clear. It is sharp. It is, it is something of value. That cold, you look at it and you almost want to throw it away. God is trying to refine us that we came in this world dirty, filthy sinners. And he's saying, I want to make some diamond-like Christians. And so I'm going to let you go through some affliction and some hard times to get you to the promised land of your life. And then there's some shaking. You ever been in your, your bed and you're looking for your remote? And it's in your covers, but you can't find it. So what you do? You get your, your, your blanket, right? You start shaking it around, right? To shake out the remote. Because you know it's somewhere in them blankets, right? So you shake it. You looking for your ring, your in ring. You start shaking. My ladies, you start shaking your purse out, don't you? If, if, if you knew you had keys in there, you know your keys sound like something, don't you? So you shake your purse a little bit, right? God does some shaking in our life to shake some stuff out there. God does some shaking in our life to shake some things out. While God has pruned me, he's refined me, he had to shake some stuff out. Some of that stuff that we have, some of the things we still want to hold on to that we need to let go. God's going to shake it out of us. God's going to shake it out. I got to shake that, that, that habit that I have of procrastination. I got to shake that habit of maybe I wanted too many uh, 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 liquor bottles in the house. Now I'm going to partake. Maybe sometimes when I know somebody can text me, call me, or whatever, and they can hit that right button, and I'm letting them shake me to anger. God said, I got to shake that, that you're going to come to me instead of going to your anger. You're going to come to me and say, uh, you know what? I'm going to have to, whoo, I'm going to have to go to the Lord because I really want to cut you out. So I'm going to go to Jesus first before I call you. I'm going to go to Jesus first before I text you back. I'm going to go to Jesus first. Why? Because many times when we do our own thing first, when we get out of our Jehovah, when we get out of Jehovah Shammah, we, like, we act like God's not there, we act a fool. Amen? There's some of us who, you let us go to the bill collectors, you let us go to uh, Verizon, Metro PCS, T-Mobile, uh, whomever, and you might have, they may charge you $1 extra. Just one dollar, just a one dollar mistake. But you make it sound like it was a thousand dollars they took from you. Mother, you better not ever, ever take a dollar from me. 
we get all the way live. Amen? We get all the way live. Some of us who have been on the receiving end, uh, some of us, why my glasses look like this? I don't think y'all know what you're doing. Ma'am, I can fix it in 30 minutes or less. I don't care how many minutes. I know that. They didn't go to the Lord first. They forgot Jehovah, Je Jehovah Shaman was right here. Because when you with somebody, you want to act the same way too, right? If, if you had so many hoity-toity people, some of us would change all the way. Hell, hell, hell. My name is Mark. We would change everything. If you knew somebody about to give the church a million dollars, I'd be like, clean this up. Do this. We're about to get a million dollars a day. We, we, we'll change all kinds of stuff because certain people are with us. But when we understand God is with us all the time, it's something we got to change up. There's some things that we know God's with us all the time. If my daddy was with me all the time, then there's going to be some ways I'm going to talk to some people that I want to talk. There's going to be some things I'm going to look at that I should... Do you understand? When you know God's with you, I might not get on the internet and look at some things. I might not get on the TV and say, you know what, I'm going to look at Nate Nate today and see how she's doing the Housewives of Atlanta. No, I might put that to the side because I realize Jehovah Shama right here next to me. I'm just keeping it real. I'm stepping on my own toes. I'm stepping on my own toes too. It may be some things I might not watch three, five football games today because I know Jehovah Shaman right next to me. He said, how we got into our word and our sermon for next week? It might be some things I'm going to put to the side because Jehovah, Jehovah Shaman is with me. Now, I want y'all to understand. We got to realize when we're alone, God is with me. When, when our boyfriend or girlfriend is acting crazy with us and breaks up with us or our wife or husband, God is with me. When we have some bad news from the doctor, a, a diagnosis we didn't want to hear, we have to know God is with me. When we have a child that's making bad decisions at school, not doing right, we have to know God is with me. When you want to know why you're feeling so hurt and you're feeling so bad, we have to know God is with me. When you got some news that some, some things that you didn't know way back 10 years ago, now it's starting to pop up, God is with me. When we are tempted to do something wrong, to look at the wrong thing and do the wrong thing, God is with me. When we are, 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 are wondering how can I pay my bills, God is with me. When we want to understand what does the future hold, God is with me. I don't have anything to worry about, so God is with me. So then we get to the last thing, or one of our last things. That in Exodus 31, 13, Jehovah, and this is Jesus washing uh, Peter's feet in a nice uh, picture. The Lord is a sanctifier. The Lord is a sanctifier. What does that mean? That God is bathing me. God is transforming me. God is changing some things in me. God is trying to purify some things in me. What does that mean? That means, understand, if God's washing me, that means I can make some mistakes. We're not going to live this perfect Christian life. We're going to say some things to some people that are not right. We're going to do some things that are incorrect. We're going to do some things that we know that if everybody knew, we'd be so ashamed of. So God is going to have to what, talk to us. He's going to have to talk to us, and he's going to have to work with us. If God is sanctified, he's trying to make us holy, that also means I'm involved in their life. I'm involved. Moses had got to a point where he was like, well, God, if you hear, if you hear, I'm not going to mobilize until I know that you're here. Uh, uh, this same guy that was in the Garden of Eden, that was uh, with Moses, I, I'm not going to mobilize. I see you at this burning bush. So God says, you know what? I'll be that, that pillar, that cloud, that pillar of fire at night to show you I'm guiding you. God is saying, I want to try to make you holy. I want to try to make you holy. 
holy. Jesus talks about he wants to take care of the spot and wrinkle of your life. Jesus wants to take care of the spot and wrinkle of your life. Jesus wants to take care of the spot and wrinkle of your life. That's what he wants to do. <clears throat> That's what he wants to do. So, <laughs> so, with that being said, if he wants to do that, if he wants to take care of the spot and wrinkle of my life, he wants to what bathe me. He wants to mature me. He wants to wash me clean. He, he wants to grow me. He wants to make sure that I'm right. Now understand, God said, I know you messing up, but I'm still working with you. Isn't that not the best thing? If you had a teacher that after you made the F on the, the test that said, that's, well, you're going to make an F. I had a teacher that told my mother that all he's going to be is a C student. That was second grade. All he is going to be for life is a C student. Please do not push him. My mama's next remark was, okay. And she took me out of that school, paid the little bit of money she had and the money my daddy had, and said, you're going to private school. Because they try and set you up for failure, boy. So I, you don't understand, but I'm going to have to take you out. You got some folks that saying, all you will be is this. All you're going to be is a sinner. All you're going to be is an alcoholic. All you're going to be is an anger problem. All you're going to be is a single mama who nobody loves. All you're going to be is somebody who a dropout. All you're going to be is somebody broken up and broken down. All you're going to be is that. And God is saying this. I am I already told you last week, Jehovah Jireh, so he says, I'm providing for you daily. And then he told you, I'm a shepherd, so I'm here trying to guide you. And like a shepherd doing, he's trying to get you and bring you back. And then he says, well, I'm trying to what? Sanctify you. So God said, I'm going to work with you when you make the F. I'm going to work with you when last night you were shacking up with that man. I'm still working with you. I ain't gave up on you when you had that desire, when you had that lust in your heart. I'm still working with you. When you had that doubt in your heart, I'm still working with you. It's nothing that's going to stop God from working with you. No matter how bad you think you are, God still saying, I am the redemption story. I still am that God. I'm the God that took a murderer and Moses and made him a what? Leader of all in Egypt. Uh, uh, Israel. I'm that same God. I'm the same God that took Peter who denied my son and made him a leader in the church. I'm that same God. I took a terrorist in Paul and made him a leader in the church. I'm that same God. So the same God that can take all that hot mess right there, he can take our hot mess too. That's that same God. And so then when you get to the last point, the last point, he's Abba, his father. So all these some attributes of a father, yes, he's daddy. So we get back into our, our, our scripture. Talks about how we were adopted. We are no longer a slave. No longer a slave to the past that been trying to hold us down at the jail cell. No longer a slave to the sin that tries to trap us. No longer a slave to the fear of death or God's wrath. No, I'm no longer a slave. No, I am a free man. I'm a free man because I am a child of the Holy Father. I am a child of God. So I know my Lord is alive. I know my God lives. And I can call him daddy. Children, if today and those who are grown up, you have never been able to call someone daddy. And I'm not saying that's supposed to be my biological father. I'm not talking about that. Because we all got that. We got somebody who didn't lay down with our mama sometime and help make us. But that don't make them a daddy. That just makes them a donor. And so I'm talking about 
you have never had a chance in your life to call somebody daddy. I'm telling you right here, God's saying, I want to be your father. God's saying, I want you to understand there's a family, and I want you to share my last name. I want you to understand, you're going to be a co-heir with my begotten son. My son died on that cross and was put in a grave for you, and he rose on the third day. Now understand that his risen body is a body that can say, you are free, and who the son sets free, is free indeed. I want you to understand that Ladies, today, some of us, we are dealing with father issues that some men, we, we know we're better than that. But we will allow some stuff in our house because we want to be loved. I'm going to tell you a God that loves you. What man do you know that would, sell, that would send his own son to die for you? For you, for me, it says he don't love you. He loves you. He cares about your daily mess. He don't care about how you're doing yearly. He don't care about how you're doing monthly. He don't care about how you're doing weekly. He want to know hour by hour, minute by minute, second by second. He knew you before your mama knew you. He knitted you together. Who you look like and who you are, he made that. Not your mama, not your daddy. He made that. The situation that you in. God said, I still am orchestrating something special in you. I got a plan for you. I got a purpose for you. I am your father and I want you to come on back home. So some of us ladies that have allowed some fools to come in, kick them jokers out. I know that's tough. Kick a joker out because I'm going to tell you, when you let daddy come in, the right man come in. Uh, it's going to be a hard day for any brother to come in my house. That's why I didn't want a daughter. Because I said it's going to be hard for these brothers when they come up in here. Because I don't say, well, now what you want to do with your life? Well, I'm only 10, sir. I, I, I understand that. But what do you want to do with your life? So you better get your mind right. You ain't got your mind right, you might want to get your mind on that street. Because in my house, my daughter ain't going to be set up for no joker. And I'm praying for the joker right now. He, she ain't gonna have no joker dude. Ain't no dude gonna lay no hands on her inappropriately. And in the same way she came out my house, she gonna come back or he gonna find my wrath. Now you understand what kind of, when you got a father in the house, it sets a tone for the whole house. But when you let God come in your house, it sets a tone. Now you say, well, I, I got children with him. I, I understand? We gonna pray for him. But that don't mean he come back in here like he running something. God run this house. He don't run nothing up in this house. Especially he don't pay no bills. Tell that joker, step, 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 step. And that joker don't want to come down when he feel good. And, and almost like, excuse me, if it's on record. Sometimes how a white brother come down to the hood. I want to feel good. Let me give you some money. Let me give you a meal. Let's get some turkeys. But you ain't down here, you ain't gonna invest, you ain't gonna be down here in the midnight out with me, you ain't gonna struggle with me. No, I don't need no charity. I need some empowerment. My God is about empowering me. He ain't trying, I ain't got no charity case. He's trying to empower me. He told me I have a spirit of no fear anymore. So, so you can tell that joker who wanted to see the kids Christmas and Easter, brother, you wanna be a father, be a father. If you don't, then don't. But you're going to have to stand up and be somebody. I'm praying for you that God will take them chains off your mind and get your mind right. I know you got some history why you didn't know how to be a daddy. But I'm telling you, here in this house, we got a father. We call him Abba. We call him daddy. He run this whole situation. So you understand, there's been a tone set in here. So you want to get yourself right, get yourself right. Us men who are now in the house, we in the house, understand. We are running the house, right? 
But who's running ahead of us? It's God. See, I ain't really running my house. It's God. Don't think Kelly run my house, because Kelly don't run my house. Mark don't run my house. Eden don't run my house. Mark Jr. don't run my house. It's God Almighty who run in my house. Now, if you don't want to get with that show, you might want to get out too. Because who in this house going to be as for me and my house, as for me and my family, as for me and my clan, as for me and my church, as for me and my members of this congregation. We're going to serve the Lord. Now, I'm going to tell you, I'm bringing it to the house, to the church house. Now, we can have no ungodly church. No, we ain't going to be like that at Victory. We got one father, and our father trying to take care of us. I don't know how you think we've come this far, but it's only been by God's grace. We started out with 15 folks. Now we're kind of packing it out a little bit. We're going to need to get some more chairs somehow. We're going to Bible study looking good. That's not because of us. That's because of God. We got us the musicians. That's not because of us. That's because of God. Snow count evangelism. Over 100 people been touched by the Lord. That's not because of us. That's because of God. I got a father that's taking care of all of my needs. Now I don't know about you, but I'm fired up for the Lord. Anybody fired up today? We're going to open the door to the church. We're going to have communion. Because like I told you, we're starting to grow so much, we had to to appropriate things differently. We had ran out our bread last week. Had to go back and get some more bread. Because when we were doing the calculations, we looked at it this way. God said, I I will overflow you. And watch how I overflow you. You don't have to go back and get some more bread. Because we're going to overflow. So let God keep overflowing our life. Amen? The doors of the church are open. Come on.